to Legally Judgy. I'm Nicole. What was that? It was like a lullaby. You're like the 4 a.m. radio hosts who are yeah. like, welcome back to this is KR4.7. I have too much vocal fry for to be like a nighttime host. I enjoyed the, I'm Alexa, by the way. Um, <laughs> Shocking. I enjoyed the uh, Thirsty Thursday review. Ugh, so good. That was like, you two are fantastic. I love you both so much, Alexis and Nicole. <laughs> and then also, Nicole, stop You're talking loud. so loud. <laughs> but I distinctly remember one that when that review came out, and it was when we were recording remotely mm-hmm. over the summer. I mm-hmm. think it was a mm-hmm. summer hiatus. During our summer break, yeah. Yeah. So we're obviously not that tech savvy here at Legally Judgy. But go forward, nope. we know to adjust the mics. Yep. So we appreciate the five-star rating mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and positive critique. Yeah. Nothing wrong with a little bit. What's that thing called? Critical feedback? Constructive Crit- feedback. Yeah. Critically acclaimed. That reminds me of- feedback. I think that's the right. Constru- yes, that's true. Okay, thanks. <laughs> it, that's what it's called. Constructive criticism. Oh, Is yeah, that, yeah, that one. <laughs> thanks, producer Marge. I just read her lips, honestly. I love that you were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's definitely constructive feedback. Look, I just drank some Red Bull. It's not going to kick in until like the last minute of this episode. Okay. So great. This one's going to be a mess. Yeah. yeah Enjoy yeah. everybody. Uh, that brings us to our bulletin board. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> I feel like we're starting strong today. We're a little delirious, we're huh? Delirious. Let's just admit it. My eyes are glazing Let's over. Let's just admit it. Um, all right. We got a fun bulletin. It's everything that you all already know. Look at our Patreon because we're trying to hustle into some side hustle yeah okay so we got some uncut episodes we got some community hub stuff which means more of us yep behind the scenes footage extra polls mm-hmm. extra q a's mm-hmm. more of yours truly mm-hmm. and yours truly meaning nicole and, and i me. okay yeah yeah I that's where it was going and uh for our besties we got some mini-sodes, um, fun legal stuff that are just super zany. You would think we would make up these legal issues. You really would. I mean, the stuff we cover in these mini-sodes from a 40-plus person fight at the Golden Corral over steak. My favorite was over Abby Lee Miller and her to incident at the hotel in Santa Monica. Ex-dance mom star Abby Lee Miller having a 300-plus pound door fall on her. Allegedly. Her, allegedly. My colleague here is a little skeptical of the facts to other absurd things that happen. Okay, people, go check out our Patreon. Yep. Please. Mm-hmm. That being said, we got to talk about ourselves because what other forum would we talk about ourselves on that is only open to our patrons? So if you want to know what's going on, if you want to know why we're so sleepy this week, and we promise we're not going to just take a nap, it's not going to be five minutes of silence, go sign up for our Patreon and then join us. Welcome back for everybody who's not a patron and doesn't love us enough to become a patron. Um, Ouch. I guess now really is, them that way. I guess now we can get into the content. Um, so today. Yes. I feel like this one is for you. I chose this topic just for you. And also because, also because one of our judges happened to mention it. One of our very important judges did ask us yes. about, what are we going to call her? Anna D or Anna S? Anna Delvey? Or are we going to go Sorokin? Sorokin? Sorokin. Sorokin, I think is how you say it. It looks like Sorokin, but when I watched, I managed to get through 20 minutes of the Netflix special. Yeah. uh, It was like, you almost couldn't hear the second O. So it was like, it almost sounded like Sorokin. 
Okay. Well, who knows? Either ways, either way, she is living Alexa's dreams of being a scammer. Um, Joanne, if you're listening. Well, maybe she's no longer living those dreams, but for a while she was. Mm-hmm. Um, the story scammer, doesn't necessarily have like the happiest ending, but okay, it's an entertaining story. I think it's happy for her. She ended up pretty okay after all that. Mm, you don't think so? Debatable. She could have been locked up for life for scamming the entire world. Well, and by entire world, I mean she's still locked up, rich though. few. So like Anna, she's not out here living her best life. Look, yeah, but she can go back to Germany and start scamming there. That's great. That's okay, good. Let's just we should, should we probably tell it? a story first, yeah. right? Yeah, so yeah. like, if you haven't heard or if you've watched the Netflix series, bear with us because we have to talk about Anna, this social socialite scammer mm-hmm. who was able to scam thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars. You usually open us up, though, so I want to hand it off to you, you if want you want to do, do our intro. Okay. I can do it, too. That's fine. I can do Whatever it. Whatever you feel. Yeah, I can I can. I'm keep always here for you. I'm like Lady, Lady Liberty with the facts. Wait. So Anna Delvey, <laughs> whose real name is Anna Sorokin, is a Russian-born convicted con artist and fraudster, but prior to her conviction, she was fairly successful at pretending to be a wealthy German heiress from 2013 to 2017. In that time, she managed to defraud people and businesses out of hundreds of thousands of dollars. I think it's around $275,000 to be precise. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think there are a lot of people counting, but we will get into that. All right, fine. So before we get into her joy in the scammer ways, we have to take it back to her roots. So here's like a little background on Anna D, Anna S, who knows what we're calling her. I'm just going to call her Anna. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So Anna was born uh, in January 1991 in a town about 20 miles outside of Moscow, Russia, to a working class family. Her father worked as a truck driver and her mother owned a small convenience store. And so in 2007, when Anna was 16, she and her family relocated to Germany, where her dad worked as an executive at a transport company until it went bankrupt in 2013. And he then kind of opened and run, ran his own HVAC business, which is like ACs and heaters, right? That sounds nice. HVAC? I think that's what HVAC is. I know it's definitely air conditioning. Okay. All I right. assume that comes with heat. Some sort of air filter distribution. I don't know. I didn't machine. have AC and heat in my apartment until I moved to LA, so. I actually don't have that currently. Either one. There's, well, they call it heat, but it's like a lukewarm air. It's cute. We never use it. Okay, so we should call mm-hmm. Anna's dad. And in the meantime, Fancy. it's been reported that Anna was fairly quiet and struggled with the German language while attending school. Does this explain like her hard to place accent? I'll say in a very nice way. I've tried to figure that out, actually. I feel that, so usually if you're, by the time that you're 16, an accent would have set in. Is this your teacher knowledge? Yeah, this is like my teacher linguistic knowledge. So for her to have stayed in Russia until she was 16 and then gone to Germany, does not make sense to me that she's got this like very odd accent? accent because it's not like easily placed on either language. And this is important to note right now because I feel like this series is trending on Netflix. So a lot of people are coming at the actress for her weird accent who is played by... Name. She's, she's the one from, from Ozark. Ozark. Yeah, Julia. Julia something, yeah. Uh, I'm Googling it. I'm Googling it now. I'm Googling it now. Julia Garner. Yep. yep so people yep, were yep, criticizing yep. her, saying that it was distracting. But in fact, allegedly, right, she met with the real life Anna and copied to the best of her abilities her accent. Mm-hmm. And I watched some interviews with Anna and her accent is odd, it's right? Odd. It's inconsistent. What I mean by that is it's inconsistent. So if you are like a native Russian speaker or a native German speaker, and you're now learning English, 
that there's like some consistency in the way that a German native or a Russian native yeah. language is going to speaker is going to sound when they're speaking English. Right. Yeah. But it's like randomly some words sound more German. Some, mm-hmm. s- I don't even know if they sound Russian. They sound like a, like a garble of stuff. Right. It's very hard to place. So you're saying you don't, you don't buy it. Maybe this is part of like her con. I think so. I think it was also her trying to um, like assimilate herself. So is it like Dorit? Yes, yes, I would I would compare her to Dorit. That is a fantastic comparison. Okay, I'm getting some Dorit vibes here then. Because yeah. Dorit, shout out to Real Housewives Skin of Beverly life. Hills, yep. um, who was born in Connecticut and has a no country, no planet place accent. We did an episode on her. You should go check it out. Shout out to the Dorit episode. But back to Anna. Yeah, sorry, so go on. As Anna enters adulthood, she was reportedly very into aka slightly obsessive about Vogue and fashion blogs and she really made it clear that she wanted a more glamorous life than the one that she was you know currently living in Germany so after graduating school in 2011 she attended an art school in London but soon dropped out and moved back to Germany where she briefly interned at a PR company in Berlin but that didn't really last that long either and she ended up relocating to Paris and interning at a French magazine called a French fashion magazine called Purple In a noteworthy fact, during this time, she didn't really have much contact with her parents, but they were still subsidizing her rent. So must be nice. Good for them. Good parents. Very good. So around that time, Anna ends up changing her last name from Sorokin to Delvey, which she claimed was her mother's maiden name. But her parents have said that they don't know that name at all. And later, basically, Anna said that she just came up with it. And so, Hmm. you know, the rest of her schemes. Yeah, it's just all a lie. Interesting. It's all a lie. So in the summer of 2013, Anna ends up traveling to New York for Fashion Week. And of course, that taste of like New York City really changed her life in multiple ways. And she later said it was easier to make friends in New York City. It was easier to make friends in New York City than in Paris. But by friends, we think she meant she meant like victims. Yes. Yeah. I feel like it as Americans. She had too many like real friendships. I feel like maybe we're like too gullible maybe as a as a country. Maybe that's uh, the problem. Over the Parisians? I, I don't can know. see. That. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, maybe we're just too optimistic. Too superficial? Over the Parisians? I would say optimistic. Optimistic. That's very nice. I think we it's like to think of, you know, the French are very like, life is boring. Life is dark. And we're like, oh my God, everything's oh. going to be amazing. I think I'd fit in in Paris, actually. Probably. go visit. Probably. So after that New York Fashion Week trip, Anna ends up transferring from Purple Magazine's Paris office to their New York City office. But soon after, she quits to go pursue big things, a.k.a. Very big cons. Pretty big ones. Yeah. Yeah. And we have to note during this time, Anna was socializing and basically schmoozing with New York's elite, likely using her fashion magazine connects to help her get that in. So after, shortly after she quits, she starts telling people that she wanted to open, in quotes, the Anna Delvey Foundation, a private members club and art foundation, which she tried to fund by securing money from wealthy investors from her social circle. So again, she doesn't come from money. So although she had none herself, her proposal included leasing the entire church mission house, which is apparently a huge building with six floors and 45,000 square feet of space where she planned to have pop-up shops and art exhibits. And I'm not a New York native, but I imagine the rent here is very expensive. Had to be high. My good friend would probably concur as a person who lived in New York for what? 10 plus years. So thank you. 10 plus. Yeah. 12. Okay. I got you. So unfortunately for her, 
but probably fortunate for the investors she was targeting at the time. Nothing really came of it because she couldn't secure the funding. Mm -hmm. I'm sure people were like, ah, sounds good in theory, but I don't know about that and didn't actually give her the money. But of course, that doesn't stop our dear scammer um, from achieving her dreams. And there begins her real life cons. So in the summer of 2014, Anna starts taking the New York City social scene by storm. I mean, she is just hitting up every big had to be there type of scene every which way she could. She starts holding herself out to be some wealthy heiress. And note, there are tons of scamming anecdotes. So we're just going to give you some highlights. And if you want more, go watch the Netflix series Inventing Anna for more. I mean, I really wish Netflix was paying us a commission here. They're truly, truly not. I wish they were, but they're not. And I'm going to admit, which I already kind of said, I lasted, what, like about 20 minutes into the first episode. It was a little slow for my my liking. I but, got uh, in like three. At this point, I'm just watching it when I'm like painfully bored. Yeah. Because I'm not watching reality, as you know. So if yeah. I'm dying of boredom, I turn the show on and then hate yeah. that I chose that. So I like this better because that, that was quite a few episodes. They really dragged out a lot of stuff and yeah. I, I didn't get that great of review. So yeah. we're going to give you guys the condensed version. So anyways, back to Anna, who starts befriending rich socialites and attending events where she can continue to expand her network. She'd reportedly tell people that she was set to inherit $60 million on her 25th birthday. Casual amount of money. Casual. However, however, there were many reports that even while bragging about being an heiress, she'd basically ask people to buy her drinks and stay at their place. And so one time she was even reportedly found sleeping in a car the next day. Not sure if it was her car. We, we <laughs> hope it was her car. Otherwise, that's breaking and entering. Which I guess adds the long list of things she ends up getting charged with. But yeah. okay. But because of this, like, be- these behaviors of asking for housing and drinks, people were yep. skeptical about how wealthy she was. Fair enough. So um, I have to step in here because, you know. Like colonialism, she expands her scamming from just drinks and crashing at people's houses to getting wealthy socialites to basically sponsor her, in quotes, right? Her and Christopher Columbus. Yeah, they're both just... Taking over one house at a time. They're just borrowing things, right? We're just going to borrow it for forever. Um, So again, like if you... This is the way that she depicts these things. She's just like borrowing. But, you know, if you ask someone to front you money and tell them you're going to pay them back... And that's your definition of a sponsor. Then I guess you got a lot of sponsors. Okay. So she gets these people to pay for hotels, flights, lavish meals, allegedly always telling them that she was going to pay them back. Mm -hmm. But she then would conveniently forget to do so. I would love to forget to pay people back. And girl, if you want to front some money for me to go to Bora Bora, (laughs) girl, bye. That'd be fantastic. So anyways, Anna would often stay at hotels because it was basically easier to dupe them at a payment. Versus apartments for like lengthy credit checks and verification of income and all that was required. So she would basically give these hotels fake credit cards and like bank statements and all of the things that basically would say to them, I've got the money, I'm rich. And then she, you know, not would not be so rich. (laughs) (laughs) She would not be so rich. So (laughs) in February 2016, while she was living at the Standard Hotel in New York, she ends up meeting Rachel Williams, who's then a photo editor at Vanity Fair and... Like, they, like, basically run into each other in a nightclub. So, you know. The club? At the club. Yeah, that's Nothing like fun. a club meetup in, in the city. Why not? And so Rachel would later say that Anna was, in quotes, demanding and rude to wait staff. Hmm. But apparently they didn't turn Rachel off because they became friends. I, I would actually compare them to, like, besties. Yeah. They're not, like, us level, but, you know. Close. But, like, if you ask me to front, I mean, we're going to talk about it, but, like, tens of thousands of dollars for a trip you invited me on, 
I, I'm not gonna lie that would probably be a couple red flags for me <laughs> just a few I'd be like girl that's like quadruple 10 times the amount of limit I have on this little credit card okay yeah, yeah. Well, we'll come back to that all right so Rachel basically Rachel pulls through later though because she ends up becoming a key person in Anna's arrest which we'll which we'll get to like we said all right, all right. but for now Anna continues scamming and she's creating fake bank fake fake bank statements and documents to show that she had 60 million dollars in Swiss bank accounts and claimed that she could not access them while she was in the U.S. There goes all of the I don't know if that's how banks work. There goes our U.S. government then. I think that's how banks work. <laughs> but K. So she uses these like fake documents to apply for loans from City National Bank for approximately $22 million okay. and from Fortress for an undisclosed amount. But we know that it had to be a lot because she basically had to front $100,000 just to cover the legal fees required to vet her application. I can't imagine having to pay m- money to apply for a loan like that much money in legal fees like when you get a mortgage right but a hundred thousand dollars just you to, don't pay a hundred thousand dollars in like real estate legal fees no that's no. the cost of the house i hope i mean not in the la market not for her but, but okay sorry well so to her scamming credit she was actually able to convince city national to front her a hundred thousand dollars which she then used to pay Fortress's legal fees, but that didn't really last that long. Mm -hmm. And so a number of issues come up along the way that keep Anna from being able to close on her loans at both banks, including discrepancies in her application, because she kind of, for a a number of reasons, but a couple, she basically claimed to be German-born, but her passport said she was Russian-born. Oops. Whoopsies. Forgot that small detail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They couldn't verify her assets. They also couldn't verify her business managers, who allegedly like managed said assets so there were a lot of red flags to your point um and so you know she kind of tries to push along but when suspicion arose around her first business manager she claimed that he died and provided the contact info for another person you okay girl you cough you cough sorry it's allergy season in la no you're fine you okay. cough away. If you need a cough, girl, you freaking Thank cough. You. Thank okay? you. Thank ladies empowerment. Women, women's rights. Yeah, I knew, I knew you were allowed, going there. <laughs> you're allowed to cough if you want to cough. So later the prosecution would use her internet search history against her. And apparently she Googled search. She, oh my God. She Google searched mm-hmm. in quotes, create fake untraceable email. <laughs> Not obvious. <laughs> I love what, when people girl? do this. Like, do you know that people can search your computer history? Isn't there an incognito mode now on every internet browser? Yeah, and I wonder if that would really stand up in court, though. Like, is that really untraceable? I honestly have no idea. I, I just use it for the cookies so that I can look up the flights. <laughs> the cookies? You know, you can, like, look up flights on the incognito mode and it doesn't yeah. trace that, like, you previously looked up for a flight. You don't want, like, ads coming back that it was like, hey. Well, I don't want it to be like, oh, you did this before, so we're charging yeah. you $100 more yeah. this time. Oh, I see. Because you're, you're on the up and up about the way that they charge for all the, the rates, right? <laughs> yeah. They're like, we know you're interested. So the next time you come back to us, we're going to charge you $200 That's more a night. That's like, what you're saying. You're not going to scam me. You're not going to Anna Delvey me. So are you also Joanne the Scammer? Because you're saying this is my hero, but I also feel like she's a little, a little bit, bit of your, yeah. A little bit. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. So when the bank director basically arranged to meet her bankers, me and Anna's bankers in Switzerland, she basically immediately withdrew her application before any action could be taken against her. Because as a reminder, the bank managers were not real. No. The bank director, the managers, everything was all fraud. Yep. And so Fortress ended up returning 55000 of the hundred of the 100000 which she then spent on clothes, electronics, a personal trainer, 
$800 highlights. I don't even know what highlights cost $800. Is that not the going rate? I don't think so. I never get highlights. So I don't know. And then $400 on eyelash extensions, which I expensive? also think sounds a little bit pricey. I've never had eyelash extensions. Shocking. I'm sure that will shock Shocking. you. Shocking. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. So with her bank scheme botched, she checks into, of course, the $400 plus a night, 11 Ho- Howard Hotel in New York. Great hotel. Around February 2017, is it? Beautiful hotel. Oh, try to check that out next time I go and she essentially gets back to scamming her friends because if you can't scam the biggest banks then who else but your dearest and and closest friends to scam next Mm -hmm. so despite the fact that Anna had booked without putting a card down she went weeks without being caught reportedly this was because she was generously tipping the hotel staff in cash for those weeks for things as simple as providing restaurant recommendations or bringing up her packages and she would even treat them to certain services at the hotel like massages manicures personal fitness training sessions and even gifts like expensive champagne which side note they couldn't even drink because they were on the job but essentially this helped them overlook for lack of payment I could drink if I were on the job. I mean, obviously Just we a do. Champagne. Go. Cheers. Uh, <laughs> we have me. drinks right now, always during legally judgy. So, actually, I want to note too that many staffers said that she was pretty annoying, impolite, and classist. Um, but you know, hey, she's handing out hundred dollar tips, so we can overlook that stuff, right? <laughs> I mean, I can be bought. So relatable. Oh, we know. Her luck essentially, though, runs out when the hotel notifies her that she has a tab of around $30,000 and that she has to pay. And if you're wondering where that $55,000 went that Nicole just talked about her getting back from Fortress, well, um, it's gone. She spent that in just one month, um, probably on all the things that you just named. I mean, eyelash extensions, highlights, highlights. highlights. You can't look good in New York without electronics. Some electronics. You got to get your iPod, okay? So, in need of cash, Anna deposits about $160,000 worth of bad checks to Citibank, and she's able to take out $70,000 and immediately pays the hotel their $30,000 tab, right? So, Because she couldn't provide the credit card, though, and we all know, when you stay at a hotel, they usually ask you for a credit card to be on file. Mm -hmm. She's actually evicted, and then she hotel hops for some time, eventually moving into the Beekman Hotel. You know that one? I do know that one. Still very nice. It's a nice hotel. I mean, listen, the bitch had good taste. All right. Well, I hope a scammer would. Like, imagine (laughs) you're scamming, and you're like, Motel 6. That's my target. I'd be like, we need to aim a little higher scammer. Yeah, at a Rose Hotel. I would actually stay at the Rose Hotel. I don't even know. What, is this New York? From Schitt's Creek, my friend. Oh, I thought I wouldn't put it past, though, like that existing in New York. <laughs> Fair, fine. The Rosebud Hotel? Of yeah. course. Why not? Um, so she stays at the Beekman, but she's later evicted after failing to pay approximately $12,000. And a little fun fact, because what's a legally judgy episode without a little fun facts? During this period, she also managed to con <laughs> chartering a business jet to fly her to Omaha, Nebraska for Berkshire Hathaway's annual general meeting in hopes that she'd meet and befriend Warren Buffett people. Warren Buffett. And if you don't know who Warren Buffett is, you don't deserve for me to tell you who it is. Go Google him. He's really rich. I feel like there is no way that Warren can't spot a scammer from like a mile away. That's the thing. He's got so much money. He has to get so many bullshit offers that come his way that he was probably like, who the fuck is this bitch? This guy is like 3000 years old and has prided himself on being able to, to invest well because he thoroughly investigates companies Uh and knows which ones are worth investing into. Uh uh 
So her idea was, I'm going to go. I'm going to be such a good presence. What does this say she's a narcissist or does this say she's a narcissist? She's a narcissist. I'm going to impress him. And uh, I don't know, maybe he'll fund my Anna Delvey Foundation. I don't really know what her aims were, but she ultimately does not meet him. And I guess her dreams don't pan out. Well, after her dreams falling apart in May 2017, Anna needed a little vacay from her scamming ways. I mean, this sounds tiring. Poor thing. It's a lifestyle. It's a lot lot to do. You know, it's a full-time job. All right. So she plans a trip to Marrakesh, Morocco with her friend, Rachel Williams, who we previously mentioned that she met at the club. Okay. Her personal trainer and her videographer. Why not? She was bringing her videographer, I should note, because I had a lot of questions about this, Mm -hmm. because she was planning on making a behind-the-scenes documentary on creating her foundation. Oh, okay. Okay. So we create a foundation by having no money but going on vacation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, cool. That's accurate. Okay. All right. I got so it. of course, right? Anna is like a princess. She's mm-hmm. an heiress, as she tells of us. Of course. And so they stay at a five-star luxury resort, which costs about seven thousand a night. Oof. And it okay. has three bedrooms, a private pool, and a butler. Why not? Unfortunately, and very shockingly, after a few days, the resort notified her that her credit cards were being declined and asked for an alternative form of payment. It's never happened before. How odd. <laughs> no writing on the wall for this yeah so after anna says that she's having trouble with her bank and she basically convinces rachel to pay using her personal amex and her company credit card Ooh, not the company her card, jobs credit not card not the company card okay i'm getting nervous okay so and anna also promises to pay you know rachel back and the the entirety of the charges are about sixty two thousand dollars mm. which were more than rachel's annual salary sixty two thousand on on your I'm own not covering sixty two thousand. This isn't a hundred dollars. And your company card. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No way. So you obviously don't like your job. No freaking way. Fine. Yeah. So around this time, the personal trainer basically gets sick and ends up flying home to the United States. But Anna and Rachel stay and basically see the country, take shopping trips, indulge in some fine dining, etc. And again, this is all on Rachel's dime, with Anna basically promising to wire her funds as soon as possible. Convenient. Uh huh. So of course. Can't imagine anybody's surprise. Anna would never basically pay repay Rachel in full, though she did give her about five thousand dollars. Which okay. so we're out fifty seven thousand. <laughs> I'm sure. Just sure, I'm, I'm doing sure math. Rachel felt really, really grateful for that five thousand, <laughs> considering that you know she had reportedly asked her friends. She had she reportedly had to like ask her friends to borrow money to pay the rent uh-huh. because she only had four hundred ten dollars left in her bank account Ouch. by the time the trip was over. I'm getting real nervous now. Luckily for Rachel, I don't know what the fuck she did. I don't yeah. know what type of scammer shit this is, <laughs> but she basically got American Express to like agree to reserve to reverse all of the charges. Yeah. So whatever was put on her personal Amex okay. was like wiped away. So does that mean she made five thousand because Anna paid her five thousand and then Amex reversed the charges? I would bet her company was like yeah you can send you're it probably in trouble you can send that you're probably here. tinder swindler people you need to call amex um because apparently they're uh friendly on Waving fraudsters charges. Yeah. yeah fraudsters thanks amex also if you want to sponsor us hit us up in the dms we're here but back to morocco so anna ends up getting her personal trainer to basically front the bill at a couple of other hotels in morocco where she ate and drank like royalty and even basically chartered a helicopter to the airport for the trip back to new york city okay 
So the interesting and fun part is that Anna actually, well, she didn't run, run out of money. She had no money ever. That's true. How do you run out of no money? Yeah. <laughs> so she had no money still. And so she asked her trainer to book her a plane ticket home. Mind you, the trainer is at home sick in the United States. Oh, right. Because they so have like, like food poisoning. No longer in Morocco. Or something. But Anna is in Morocco and she's like, I need to get the fuck home. And so she's like, can you please book me a, tra- a plane ticket? And so mm-hmm. the trainer agrees like for an economy ticket, which okay. reasonable from Morocco yeah, to the sense. U.S. But Anna basically requested this trainer upgrades her to a first class ticket or she's not coming home. Okay, girl, don't come home. <laughs> Stay in Morocco. What the fuck do you want me to do with that information? I can't imagine you calling me and you being like, I'm stuck in, I don't even know, anywhere, Vegas, first class. I'd be like, girl, you can walk. It's close enough. Yeah, I'm calling. I'm calling first Dr. Class. F. I'm not the one for you. I'm sorry. Yeah, call, call daddy. Yeah. Daddy Warbucks. That's the, I'm <laughs> not, not the one daddy for you. Warbucks. Do you know that reference? Yes, I know that reference. You do? It's like the first pop culture reference. Annie? That's from Annie. You watch that? No. Wait, how do you know that? I've just heard of it. (laughs) (laughs) You poor child. (laughs) I feel like we need to have a night where we just watch childhood gems. Yeah, maybe. It's going to be real Caucasian, but at least you're going to know a lot of American culture, (laughs) which is, of course, muy Caucasian. (laughs) So once she's back in New York, she continues to hotel hop. Shocking. So I'm going to name out, uh, you know, a couple of hotels. The Mercer, Bowery, the W, just to name a few oh, to give nice you a little flavor of flav. Very, very, very nice ones. Using her tried and true methods, right? So she has no working credit card on file. She's racking up tens of thousands of dollars in unpaid bills. And for some, she says that she's paid via wire transfers and submits invoices for such. Until, of course, the hotels realize that it's fraudulent. It's not real. She continues to take advantage of friends and acquaintances for free trips and meals. And by July 2017, she's essentially homeless and she gets very desperate. At one point, she apparently interrupts her personal trainer, the one that you said was sick at home in New York, who she's begging to buy her a first class ticket home from Morocco, while this personal trainer is out on a date. She crashes the date, crying and pressuring her into letting her stay at her place. Awkward. Okay. And then she goes and she sobs to Rachel. Rachel, who couldn't even pay her rent. The girl who had $400 in her bank account. $400. And she charged her corporate credit card. Yeah. Okay, people? Yeah. Yes, MX reversed it. But Rach, Rach, we hope we're making better judgment calls now. Okay? So she begs Rachel for a place to stay and then essentially throws a tantrum when Rachel refuses. Because, of course, Rachel is going to refuse. She's got some questions. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So it's around this time in July 2017 that the Manhattan DA, District's Attorney's Office, essentially, um, who is, they're the attorneys for the government on behalf of New York, mm-hmm. Ma- well, Manhattan, New York, and they start to investigate her for bank fraud, right? Because all these hotels, even our dear friend, Rach, Rach, they're starting to report some stuff. The rumor also is that there were some rich people behind the scenes who Anna had basically stolen money from, mm-hmm. who, you know, they're they're wealthy, they're in high places, they've got strong you know connects they've got some good friends they've mm-hmm, got some mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. people behind them allegedly they also started to complain on top of these like bank chart these bank issues coming up but they didn't want to be on the record because they basically don't want didn't to look stupid essentially for like being for getting scammed con. by a 17 year old russian german yeah exactly person exactly <laughs> So it all falls apart. So in October 2017, Anna was arrested in a sting operation. Loves it. And so at that time, she was 
staying, I don't really know what that means, at the Luxury Rehab Facility Passages in Malibu, California. So it's not really clear what she was in rehab for, if not for lying, but for some reason she was staying at Passages, which is also like not a cheap rehab facility from what I know. The fact that we even have like luxury rehab is is like insane to me, right? Like we can basically commercialize anything. I was going to say, but if there is like, if there's tiers of hospitals, of course there's tiers of rehab. Yeah, we you know can I mean? all. Don't worry, America. We can always find a way to charge <laughs> to you more. people. Yeah. yeah, we can. We can make it as classist as possible. Yeah, don't worry. Well, so Rachel Williams, the poor girl who, as you guys know, was scammed in Morocco and left with four hundred ten dollars, basically started the, to work with the cops to set up this whole sting operation. And so she ends up calling Anna and pretending like she's in LA to arrange a lunch. And so basically Anna gets like very excited allegedly mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. is like ready to go. And so basically she leaves the facility and as soon as she walks out, she's arrested by the Los Angeles police department. Dun, dun, dun. I don't, that's the New York sound. That's what's New York SVU. sound. I was just, that was just like dun, a sound. Dun. Oh, sorry. Oh, it you're, sound, it sounded like SVU. You and your law and order. I, I don't really SVU. watch that. I'm sorry. not like a 42 year old housewife. <laughs> Okay, whoa, that feels very personal. It's just weird that you haven't watched Annie, but you've seen like every single episode <laughs> of SVU times 10 is the weird thing about it. I'm not going to lie. Like who doesn't want to watch this come up for this little beautiful redhead, but you can watch like SVU. I want to see more stories about, you know, people who have been persecuted coming up. Annie was, she was an orphan and then she makes it with Daddy Warbucks. Oh, okay, fine. That's fine, a great fine, fine. American dream for a little white girl. Come okay. on. Well, so later Anna is indicted in New York City and charged with two counts of attempted grand larceny in the first degree, three counts of grand larceny in the second degree, one count of grand larceny in the third degree, and one count of misdemeanor for theft of services. That's a lot. Do you want to tell us what all these things mean? Yeah, I'll try. I am winded. You want me to be a professor today? Go. All right, let's not. Let's, People let's like try. what you profess. I, oh, that's nice. I'm going to profess to you a lot. Um, I have a lot of feelings. So grand larceny, which by the way, in law school, I always thought it sounded so dramatic. And I guess it is, but it, I love the way it sounds. It's crime involving, it's going to be a lot of words, people, but stick with me. A crime involving the unlawful taking and carrying away of another person's property without their consent leave it to lawyers to make things unnecessarily wordy all i'm trying to say is you're stealing someone's stuff okay grand larceny you're stealing a bunch of stuff the property has to be valued above a certain amount and that's really what makes it grand Mm -hmm. okay and that varies state by state so she's indicted in new york right where most of her crimes took place so in new york the minimum threshold is a thousand dollars and if you are found guilty um you basically you can be found guilty in by stealing through different means embezzlement extortion false promise tricks or other schemes basically any which way you can find a way to steal someone's stuff like not just physically taking their stuff but manipulating them and making them think that you're entitled to that stuff that still counts so all the degrees that nicole mentioned they all relate to the severity of the crime aka how much that personal property was worth so fourth degree is between a thousand and three thousand dollars, which she was not charged for. I just want to say, correct. And there were no fourth degree charges, but just here. know that that exists. Yep. Um, third degree. So basically, watch out what y'all stealing. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So still below a thousand. Not that we're saying that you should, but if you don't want to be convicted of grand larceny, if you need to, <laughs> but keep it at dot nine nine. Okay. So third degree above three thousand, up to fifty thousand dollars. Second degree. Um, Anywhere above 50000 to a million and first degree over a million dollars. 
Attempted grand larceny, which she was charged of, is essentially trying but failing to steal stuff. So think of the fraudulent bank applications that never actually went through, right? If she could have, she would have taken $22 million from City and whatever undisclosed amount she tried to get from Fortress. Mm-hmm. But it didn't work out because they went to go meet her bankers in Switzerland who did not exist. Who weren't alive. Correct. And then we have theft of services. It is what it sounds like, and the definition is going to be much more convoluted than what it sounds like. But hey, once again, leave it to lawmakers and lawyers to make things overly complicated. It is when someone obtains or attempts to obtain a service or attempts to induce a supplier to agree to payment on a credit basis by the use of credit card or debit card, which they know is stolen. So essentially, just think of this being the hotel charges, mm-hmm. right? She says, no, 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 I'm going to stay at this hotel. I'm good for it, I swear. And then $30,000 later, you find out your girls can't pay. Mm-hmm. That's essentially right a theft of service because mm-hmm. they're providing a service to you. They're housing you. They're providing you meals, right? You know, you think of when you go to a hotel and they say, do you want to charge it to your room? That kind of stuff. The massages, everything she was giving to everybody, charge it to the room. Charge it to the room. We're good. Yeah, Add it to my credit card. The bank statements. It's all fraudulent. Theft of services. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. So, December 2018. This all culminates. What happened? Anna rejecting a plea deal that offered her basically three to nine years in prison. And so she ends up basically saying, I don't want this plea deal. I want to go to trial. So the court slash judge sets the trial for March 2019. And so as a reminder, a plea bargain is basically when the defendant pleads guilty to the indicted charges or sometimes lesser charges in exchange for a reduced sentence and also obviously like reduced punishment. And so this allows prosecutors to avoid time consuming and expensive trials and the defendants basically get to reduce their prospective sentences. And it's seen as like more effective, right? Because basically things just happen very quickly. You plead, you get the sentence, you're done instead of like months of trialing and prepping and all of that. Mm-hmm. And so around the same time, here's where like the interesting part comes in. Well, the okay. whole the whole thing well, was interesting. I love me a good scam life story. is interesting. Yeah. But per- of particular interest to us was the, that the point of this episode. Yeah, fair. The point of this episode is so around this time, Netflix makes a deal with Anna for three hundred twenty thousand for rights to her life story. And so it's worth noting that while it's not necessary for studios in most cases to make deals with people for like their life stories or the rights to portray them in movies or TV shows, this can be beneficial in a couple ways. So one, it shields the studio from most, if not all claims from that person if they don't like how they're depicted in the episode. Two, it gar- or the episode or the show, I should say. Two, it basically guarantees that that person whose life story it is won't work with other studios or outlets during the agreed upon time periods. And three, it can include consulting services from the person. So the studio basically might be able to obtain more information than if they had to depend on like just the the publicly accessible facts and information, which, you know, could have come out through like articles or court filings, etc., and so from what we could find of this Netflix deal, Anna would basically basically be paid like an initial option payment of 30000 And this basically means that only Netflix would have the rights to her story via Anna herself while they developed it for an agreed upon time period. And so that could have been anything between from like 12 months to a year. Mm-hmm. So basically they paid her 30000 for that 12 months to a year to say like 12 months to 18 months. 12, oh, 12 months to a year. Yep, yep, it's yep. It's been a Not long the week. same thing. 
I was really going to be like, she's, she's, she'll get it. I was thinking 12 months to two years. Like I was thinking 12 months, 24 months. I guess we, I don't know why. I've actually not really seen two years. That's a pretty good deal if you get yeah, two it's years. Good one. It's a deal. Oh, have we, have we done a two year deal? <laughs> We've done some two years. Is, is that what we're, by the way, this is our expertise, everybody. Yes, yeah. So like you want to know about life rights, this you want to know about studios, yeah. you want entertainment law. This is what your girls do. Okay. So now that I've redone my math, so basically they paid her for 30, they paid her $30,000 to basically exclusively have her story from anywhere between like one year and two years while they decide if they actually want to make the thing. Yeah. And, this and is obviously here it was a show, right? And so basically if they decided to go ahead and make the show, she would get, she would then get that a hundred, that $320,000 payment. And so, you know, other things to note, basically the deal, one, allowed them to use her image, which is not, it's not nothing because people can obviously sue for using somebody, you can sue somebody else if they use your image, especially Mm -hmm. commercially. Mm -hmm. Two, they prohibited her from suing Netflix based on how they depicted her, as we mentioned before, like as being a benefit to these deals. Three, she couldn't make any documentary appearances while their show was in production, which, you know, is, could be beneficial in the sense that like you don't want two people talking about her story at the same time even if one is like her actually live mm-hmm, mm-hmm. versus one that's like scripted but you know there's a benefit there four she can't discuss the show on social media for three years without netflix's permission and then the last one she can't release a memoir within one year of the show being released that's a lot there were a lot of things there were a lot of conditions there a lot of con- but speaking back to like this is what we do as you know, entertainment lawyers who represent studios and deal with talent. I mean, the thing that they care about most people, and this is going to be a quick tangent just about the way our world works, is you got to think about it. If you are a studio or a network and you are investing all this money in this story, right? So let's say you're Netflix and you've heard about this Anna Delvey case and you're thinking this could be a really cool story. Well, what are the things I want to protect against? I want to make sure that if I'm Netflix, I'm not going to have, you know, Apple, Amazon, Hulu doing the same thing. Mm -hmm. So I want her to be exclusive to me. Mm -hmm. And I want to make sure she can't sue me. Because Mm -hmm. oftentimes when, you know, TV shows or movies depict real people, there is out there are elements of fictionalization, Mm -hmm. right? We sensationalize in TV and movies. And it's not like when you see characters and their dialogue, we know verbatim what was actually spoken at the time. Mm-hmm. So you got to think there's going to be some creative leeway with that stuff, even if it's mostly true. I mean, no one knows for sure what actually was said between characters. So those are the things that we think about as lawyers in ensuring that we're not going to get sued because maybe instead of saying it this way, she said it that way. We don't want to get sued. So those are the, the basic principles. Yeah. Um, that, that Nicole's talking about. So after Netflix makes this $320,000 deal with Anna, the New York Attorney General's office basically steps in and invokes their son of Sam law after they heard about the deal. And so this law basically prohibits people who are convicted of crimes from po- profiting from like that crime being publicized. So these laws allow states to seize money earned from these deals, i.e. like books and movies, shows, paid interviews, etc., and use that money from the deals to compensate the criminal's victims. And so New York basically forced the majority of the funds to be used to pay her fines and restitution. And so, you know, not so fun fact This law is named after the serial killer, David Berkowitz, a.k.a. the Son of Sam, who was getting offers from publishers in 1977 to write memoirs about his crimes. 
So interesting to me. AKA his serial killings. Yep. Yep. So the son of Sam denied that he was interested in any of these deals, but the New York state legislature basically quickly and preemptively passed a law that would restrict him from accepting these deals, essentially. And the law was later challenged by the book publisher Simon & Schuster in the late 1980s, who wanted to publish a book about the real-life mobster Henry Hill, who was, fun fact, the basis for the movie God, Good, Goodfellas. I love that movie. Godfellas. I was thinking Godfather and Good, they are all the mobs. They thought they were gods. I love it. That was the problem. Yeah, I love, that was, I love exactly. the Godfather. It, oh, Goodfellas and Godfather. They're both great Class. movies. I love the fact that you've at least seen that. So oh, we yeah, can look past all, Annie. I've seen all the Godfathers. If I had to choose between watching Annie and godfather yeah i would maybe godfather by an inch great i'm glad you have some very close very close so the case ends up going the case with henry and simon and schuster ends up going all the way up to this u.s supreme court who struck down the law and said that it infringed on his freedom of speech poor mobster and so yeah poor him so after this new york basically made a new law in 2001 that allowed payments to be made from these like publishers movie places tv shows etc but required that anything over 10,000 had to be logged with the Office of Victim Services. And so like that office would basically notify victims of the crime so that they could file lawsuits to claim portions of the money that they were owed for the crimes against mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. And this also basically allows the state agency to act on the victim's behalf in some circumstances. So maybe you're older and like you, you know, maybe don't have the help to have somebody file a lawsuit for whoever the case is, the state agency will try to facilitate Mm -hmm. having that rectified. And so interestingly, in some cases, the law can extend to family, friends, and neighbors of the criminal. So let's say you're the mom of son of Sam, for instance, since that was, or even the Henry guy who was a mobster, Mm -hmm. the state could then step in and basically say, you're making over 10,000. We're putting it in this office. We're going to figure out where the victims are and if they're owed money, et cetera. And people, you know, interestingly and probably not surprisingly, still criticize the law as violating free speech. But clearly, like the courts have decided that it, it strikes the right balance of compensating and, you know, giving restitution to victims while also allowing that person to be able to sell their own story. At least for now, we'll wait and see if another lawsuit's filed and if the state legislature gets mm-hmm. overruled. Yeah. So 2019, Anna is found guilty of eight charges, including grand larceny in the second degree. And reminder, second degree is between stealing property worth between 50000 and a million dollars. Attempted grand larceny. So think about, you know, those loan applications. She tried to steal and it didn't work out. And theft of services. Think of those hotel services that she asked um, and never paid for. So fun court facts because your girls love some Fun facts, during the trial, Anna gets a stylist to make her look cute each day, essentially. And she even had all these looks featured on her Instagram, people, because what's a con artist without being fashionable? And uh, I have to note here, too, that the trial didn't start off too smoothly, at least for her fashion sense, because on the first day of her trial, she refused to enter the courtroom because her civilian clothing hadn't been properly pressed in quotes and she didn't want to appear in her prison clothes so literally after one and a half hours of crying and throwing a tantrum the judge forces her into the courtroom Mm -hmm. forces this woman into the courtroom sobbing her lawyer during the trial would argue that she was always meant to repay everybody okay guys it was just a misunderstanding and even said that some of the services um, were offered to her in exchange for promotion on her instagram 
Okay, she's she might as well be I don't know Kim Co- Kardashian. The Kardashian. Yeah. I was gonna say Kylie Kardashian, Kendall Kardashian, Kylie Jenner. Um. Oh shit, you're right. You're right. My bad. <laughs> Disrespect. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, I don't think that the jury bought it because it took them two days to deliberate, Very and that was fast. only because of one juror. Very fast. One person was like, "Well, maybe it was just a giant misunderstanding." <laughs> um. Before her sentencing. She says that she'd be, in quotes, lying to everyone else and herself if she said she was sorry for anything. Love that humility for her. Big LOL. I mean, come on. Mm-hmm, Just mm-hmm, pretend. Mm-hmm. I'm getting Patrizia vibes, mm-hmm. okay? Patrizia, love you, girl, but a little messy. Okay? Patrizia Gucci, for those who haven't listened to that episode. Please go. It's episode 10. I've okay. burned it into my memory because that was such a great episode. Okay. Um, she's sentenced to between 4 and 12 years in state prison. Weird, I know, but that's what her sentencing was. She's also fined $24,000 and ordered to pay restitution, aka reimbursement to her victims, uh, equal to $199,000. Casual. Just a, a small smidge. Um, but no, since my dear friend here talked about the son of Sam law that was invoked and the money from Netflix, that money was essentially frozen and it was used to pay both of these amounts plus $75,000 in outstanding legal fees that she had for her attorney. And then the court decide after all that she can keep what's left, which is approximately like $22,000. So what do you think about this? I would love to get your insight on like... Son of Sam Law and the state taking away her little 320000 By little, I mean I will take 320000 <laughs> I definitely think that if you are, wow, it's so tough because, look, we operate from an assumption that our justice system is actually just, and mm-hmm. that's not always the case. So mm-hmm. I will say, assuming our justice system is actually just and someone is actually guilty, then I don't think they should profit off of those crimes. Stop playing footsies with me, <laughs> Sorry, sicko. I just stretch my legs. I'm really yeah. sore right now. <laughs> you just hit me. I'm getting a little crampy myself. No, but I think hypothetically, theoretically, right, if you are actually guilty of the crimes you commit and there are victims that could benefit from being paid out, and let's be real, there's probably always an instance where your victims could benefit from being paid out for said crimes, then I do think you can, that should be the case, that th- that money goes to those victims, especially Son of Sam himself, who serial killed, and Anna, who f- fraudulently took money from folks. Mm-hmm. However, I don't trust our, our system all the time and think that it may not always be fair. I don't think uh, I don't think it's it, too different from having, like, if you're, okay, so let's say you're a working parent who is not, who's divorced or not, maybe never got married, doesn't really matter. Say you're a working parent who owns, Single who parent, owes child support. No, the okay. other one, the one who doesn't raise the kids. Oh. So say you owe child support mm. and you're not paying. Mm-hmm. And so at a certain point, right, the courts will basically step in and garnish your wages. Mm. So they'll basically take your paycheck. Mm-hmm. They will then pay out the child support and you get the rest. Yep. I think that that's, th- those are alike situations, right? Like mm. I think it's not, if you're not, paying or you're not looking like you're going to repay or slash pay I don't necessarily think that it's the most unfair thing that the government is gonna that the government will step in to facilitate that payment being made yeah now do I understand that there's some unfairness right because she's selling like her own rights and her own story and like maybe she should be entitled to that but that's no different than a job right like if you're going to a job you're basically selling your services and the and the government will garnish your wages that way so mm-hmm. 
I think they're kind of apples to apples. And I actually don't think it's that unfair, especially given the amount of damage that existed here to like, you know, bank institutions and really the government, right? Because there mm-hmm. were fines for her from the government. And they were like, okay, well, like you're, you're clearly going to get a lot of money from Netflix. So yeah. Because, and I think the, the interesting point is, right? Like this doesn't get triggered until you until you make more than $10,000. Right. So if it's a really small amount, they're like, whatever, take your money and go, do what you need to do. But if it's like hundreds of thousands of dollars, I could understand the interest in protecting people and like handling these things. So I, yeah. don't, I don't know. I'm not opposed to it. That's the morality, especially in this day and age. Let's say, for example, with Son of Sam, where we do have this fascination with serial killers mm-hmm. and documentaries around murder mm-hmm. are a big thing. Let's say you're a big Richard Ramirez living today, right? Where mm-hmm. there's so much media scrutiny and speculation and even some twisted admiration mm-hmm. for these people who can profit off of killing people or profit off of defrauding people. I do think that's unfair and you shouldn't be able to. Yeah. If that's the question, then yeah. yeah. And I do, I don't think it's unfair. I mean, the fact that she was able to come out of this and make $22,000. I was going to say, she's still at 22, which is not bad. She's up for somebody. Who, yeah, she's definitely up. I mean, she went to never had any. Yeah, I was like, she's saying, up. She went to prison, but also that was because of she's what she She's in the she black did. for the first time ever. Yeah, I don't feel sorry for her if that's what the question is. Yeah, no, this is I was this just trying to scope out how you felt about things. Uh, definitely don't feel sorry okay. for her. Yeah, for sure. Mini violin, got it. Yeah, oh huge violin for this one and so february 11 2021 she's released from prison on parole and parole people little uh, legal buzzword is a form of early release of a prison inmate where the prisoner agrees to abide by certain behavioral conditions including checking in with their designated parole officer or else you know they may be arrested and returned to prison and of course our girl really is reformed. She comes out and checks into the Nomad Hotel in New York and has a German camera crew filming her. Love this. I wonder if she's planning on meeting up with our girl Patrizia and her ferret. I mean, they could have made a great series together. I mean, the two of them. YouTube channel. The two of them, I would... That's the bad thing is I would watch watch, that. Like, I'm condemning her, but I would totally watch Mm -hmm. Anna and Patrizia talking about the way they view life. Anna and Patrizia take New York. Yes, I would. A and P. Let's go. Yep. So March 2021, she's actually taken into custody by ICE, Immigrations and Customs Enforcement, for overstaying her visa. She's currently at a New Jersey county jail being held by them, awaiting deportation to Germany. Not Russia, Germany. Well, her parents are still there. Yeah. And I mean, there's a lot of like, is she German? Is she Russian? Yeah. She's Russian born, but I think has German citizenship. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's legally contesting this right now. Shocking. But but, you know, she's saying it's unfair. She served her time. But you have overstayed. You're welcome. I, I was going to say, I think these things are two very different issues. They're not yes. putting you in ice because they're punishing you for, directly punishing you, at least, for your fraud, right? They're putting, you're yeah, in, know. You're in yeah. the ice detention because your visa's out. We've probably been overstayed. I mean, while in prison, you should have, you should have renewed that. <laughs> Come on. time, yeah. No, hey, kidding. can I stay a little longer? I'm in prison. Yeah. So I'd love to... Uh, well, as we know with Joe, Joe Judice. I was literally, yeah, I was going to say, is, the second he served his sentence, yeah, he was like, they were like, peace out. Because we don't make any money off of prison, so let's let them stay here as long as possible, and yeah. then we'll get rid of them. Yeah. Um, but uh, you don't know how I feel about the prison system. So where do things stand now? So Anna's Netflix show called Inventing Anna came out in February and has been a massive success for the streamer, terrible accent aside. And so what's interesting to me is that they actually start each episode with a disclaimer that says, in quotes, this story is completely true, except for all the parts that aren't. Which I find amusing. First of all, I've never seen a disclaimer that like tries to make light of being a disclaimer. Like usually it's, you know, like, 
you know, these stories have been dramatized and not everything is true. Inspired by true events. It gets very legal, right? But I think if, you know, for our judges, this disclaimer is basically meant to protect them as much as they can be protected from suits from other people who are saying that they're not telling the story factually. Mm -hmm. And so what they're saying is like, you know, there's some truth here and there's some there's some exaggerations here. So which, by the way, back if, off. if you were Rachel, let's say, and you didn't sign a waiver of a release telling the studio you can fictionalize me. Half the people in that, that show. disclaimer doesn't like necessarily hold up in court. Yeah, right. For sure. You don't. Netflix doesn't get to go then say, oh, court, we don't care if Rachel's suing us because we depicted her in a false light. Yeah. Um, but, you know, lawyers always try to mitigate the damage, a.k.a. Mm-hmm. lessen the damage. So well, let's be kind of witty about it because lawyers are cool these days. Okay. Um, <laughs> Didn't know that. Um, so per a, lan- a letter that Anna wrote, it sounds like she has no intention of watching the show. She also said that she hoped that by the time this came out, she would have moved on with her life, which is kind of funny because she was sentenced to like up to 12 years in prison. So I'm not sure. <laughs> how she thought she would have moved on from that portion of things but fine and like you knew that you were making a show that they were making a show so yeah she's too big and bad for a netflix series are you kidding me nicole yeah she's beyond that now well on the other hand it sounds like rachel her dear moroccan travel buddy watched and is not pleased that the show has left feeling people feeling empathetic for anna and thinks that it's all very dangerous and takes issue with netflix paying anna for her story at all And so, you know, it's worth noting, Rachel never got her $62,000 back, so she's probably still a little bit bitter. Mm -hmm. But as we noted, the credit card companies actually did forgive some of her charges, so I think that she just needs to, like, move the fuck on and stop whining. Because, like, (laughs) why does she care? I think she's upset that people, like myself, glamorize scamming, which I'm just joking, by the way. I don't think you should actually go out and do all that. Disclaimer. (laughs) Everything you hear on this show isn't necessarily true. Right. So I think that what she's it's similar to like the Tinder swindler. Right. Like it's almost there's this critique and backlash of the Netflixes of the world doing documentaries on these real life con artists Mm -hmm. who essentially serve a small amount of prison time, especially compared to other crimes like, hey, you had like one ounce of weed several years ago and now you're in prison for 20 years versus these people who are stealing like hundreds of thousands of dollars for people they serve what, like 12, 15 months? Tinder Swindler was like, what, 15 months or something like that? I and now think he's it was that long. Yeah. And now he's out and he has his own talent agent rep. He's and in, he's getting repped. Yeah. And now there's a reality series about him coming out, yep. perhaps, right? About dating. Okay. Like, come on. So I think it's the critique. And not that I know Rachel uh, personally, but I imagine it's more this injustice of like, let's not glorify this shit. Okay. Cause yeah. this stuff actually impacts people's yeah. like real lives. Yeah. But Rachel did get a book deal of her own, which made her about $300,000. So she's doing far better than Anna is. And separately, she did a deal with HBO and Lena Dunham, which got her around $350,000, one of those like initial option periods that we talked about, which basically means that only that studio had rights to it until they decided whether they were going to like make a thing or not. Um, and they didn't end up picking it up sadly. Uh, so, but that would have made her another 300,000 or like 300,000 total instead of just the 35. Mm-hmm. Um, Anna actually was talking a lot of shit about this on mm-hmm. Instagram this week. Oh, was she? I don't know who's posting for out. her, but somebody Probably was her. posting about how basically she said that Rachel is so boring. Of course, HBO didn't pick up the deal with her. Oh, really? Yeah. I missed that. Yep. I love that fun fact. I'm sure you do. I love some petty juice. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Well, so generally, not surprisingly, like in kind of like, you know, there was a lot of public backlash about Netflix paying her and people basically said that they were paying her for her crimes to make a show and it basically wiped all of her debts in advance of her being free and left her with money to go shopping. I mean, I'll say at least, you know, the 
the some of the victims got paid back, yep. right? All of them did. Well, all the ones who like filed claims and had you know the court determined that they were legitimate. Right, and that was the thing with Rachel. She, the theft there, and I didn't review the court record specifically here, but there w- she was not found guilty mm-hmm. of stealing those things. Mm-hmm. I'd imagine without looking, if I could, if I had to guess, it'd be because she lent it to her willingly. But I guess. It, de- it just depends. I, she was I don't also even a part of the spending. Like, you were staying at the hotel right. in Morocco with her and eating and drinking and shopping. So, like, right. all $62,000 should not have, like, where's your, where's your, oblig- or, you know, your responsibility for what happened? Yeah. Unfortunately, I just think in this day and age where, you know, we have consumerism and Netflix is going to pump out shows that they think that are, in- are interesting. If people are reacting and watching this stuff, I mean, that's going to be what sells. And Netflix probably or other studios are going to make that risk assessment, right? Mm-hmm. Like, all right, yeah, there might be some public scrutiny, but do we think that this story is so intriguing it's going to get us new subscribers or retain the ones that we have? And yeah. that's, that's the analysis you go to is like, what is going to be the next new big viral hit? Yeah. And people are certainly talking about it. I mean, look, we got a judgey asking us about how she was able to get paid, and here we are talking about her. whole so, episode on Anna Delvey. A whole episode on her. And, you know, we do got to talk about Anna herself. Uh Recently, she did an interview with New York Times where she revealed that she's working on something with Julia Fox. Of Uncut Uncut Jams. Yays, or yees, yees, yees? Yeah, it's yay. Yay? Yay? I was going to say Kanye. It's like Kanye. No, I was going to say, the problem is I was going to say Kanye, and And then then I... Yeezus? Yeah. Yeah, That's not what it was. (laughs) No, it wasn't. Um... But uh, Kanye's ex. And uh, so she's, she's again, she's talking about doing something with her. And separately, a documentary project with, uh, is it Bunum? I think it's Bunum Murray. Is it Bunum? I think so. Huh. It's the production company behind like Real World. That's all I know. Yeah, I was like MTV. (laughs) Um, So reality. She's also working on a book about her time in jail. And she's going to do a podcast because. Welcome to the podcast market, Anna. What lamos don't do podcasts these days. (laughs) And she said she's not trying to encourage people to commit crimes, but trying to shed light on how she made the best out of her situation. Um, Which I guess in this case was I have no money. How do I? Make more money. Make money? Yeah, yeah, without working. Not more money, just make money. Yeah, exactly. So she also said that she's kind of sorry for what she did, but mostly sorry for how her crimes were portrayed. And I want to leave you all with this quote. She said, I never really went, oh, let me go and defraud City National Bank. That would be the best thing to do ever. Or let me go take this random girl, Rachel. <laughs> Also, quick side note, disrespect. I thought that was your freaking friend. Random girl. girl. I'm going to start referring to you as my random girl co-host. I'm never going to take this. (laughs) Let me go take this random girl, Rachel, on vacation and make her pay. Who thinks like this? I feel like it's an insult to my intelligence. Like the whole case that the prosecutors created against me, they presented me as being this thirsty and greedy. I just had this vision and it didn't work out. So... There you go, folks. That is our Anna Delvey in a nutshell. Yeah. So if you're wondering if our prison system actually reforms folks, <laughs> you take that last quote and you tell me what you think. Um, brief summary of what we talked about. Uh, scammer's going to scam. Mm-hmm. Um, a little a little uh, Taylor Swift shout out to scammer's going to scam. Hater's going to hate. Swimmer's going to swim. Play is going to play. Yep. Podcast going to talk. Um, so any unsolicited advice, my friend? I would say if you're going to scam using fake credit cards, at least like get somebody's credit card to use. Oh, smart. So like, you know what I mean? Like the real scammers will get somebody else's credit card number. 
So are we are we thinking Tinder swindler fo- like scamming? Yeah. Like I mean, a Ponzi scheme of scamming? He was kind of onto something for a while. You know what I mean? He made it work. The The problem is Ponzi schemes never work out in the long term. They never work out in the long term. But you could have a couple. You could have like a good five-year run. Good, you could have a good, <laughs> a good short, long-term sacrifice for short-term gain. <laughs> At is, least you've got like stories to tell when you go to jail. Is my legal co-host's advice. Yeah. is If you're going to scam, make the best of it. it. Do it big. Because I don't. I feel like she could have gone bigger with her scamming. I mean, Bernie Madoff also had a really great time for a couple years. I mean, that was a good couple years. Yeah. Um, was it worth it in the end? TBD. Probably not. Um, What's your my, advice? My advice is going to be if someone invites you on vacation and then they say, oh, no, my credit card's not working. Can you front me a bajillion dollars? You probably go, woo, woo. Nope. Red alert. The woo woo. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's a, exactly that's the sound a, that goes woo-woo. in my head. That's yeah. the scammer alert. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, uh-uh, honey. Uh, no, thank you. You're on your own. Good luck in Moroccan prison. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm yeah. out skis. Okay. I like that's, that. that's my advice. Yep. Don't get scammed. Don't get scammed. Um, we got a Q and a segment yeah. from a, a sweet judgy who just wants to know more about us. They want to know how the both of us met our partners. We found love in a hopeless place. In the club. I did. In it, the club. I was not in the club. Don't speak for me. And it, what was the hopeless place? Oh, it's hopeless if you if you know like Greek life, it's kind of hopeless. Greek life? No, I don't. I'm a lesbian. <laughs> okay, I don't actually think that means anything. <laughs> I don't know. I always thought of uh, the Greeks as being so hetero because no. it's like female, male. No, it's not true. And then they have like get-togethers, and I'm like, I don't want to hang out with the guys for like that kind of stuff. I know. Well, at NYU we had a, a lesbian sorority for Greek guy for uh, gay guys. Oh, I believe there was a sorority for lesbians as well. I don't know. They did have one at UCLA. Um, not my, not my social circle. I mean, listen, there, that, there's a difference though. There's a difference between like the options aren't great and like there are no options. And it sounded like there were options that you just didn't enjoy. Yeah. Which not, is fine. Not exactly my scene. Everything's not no. your cup of tea. But go on. Okay, how, did how did you, you meet uh, your... Oh, oh okay. Oh, you go first. Stop. You, you go. You, after you. <laughs> so polite. Um, I met... I met my wife in college. Um, I was a transfer student coming in from a two-year community college uh, into UCLA. And uh, she was a sophomore. And I was a... What's the third one? Oh, my God. A junior. junior? Second year. But you don't refer to it like that in college. Like, that wasn't cool. Yeah, in high do. school... You said freshman, sophomore, junior, and senior in college. No. In my, at our college, it was like, I'm a second year. I'm a third year. That's like, if dumb. you said junior, you were like... Who are you? <laughs> That's I, dumb. At fucking UCLA, as if any of us are cool <laughs> at UCLA, right? We're all nerds. So I was a, I just transferred in into my third year, and I was super into law school. God, stupid me. And uh, I actually met her because one of my friends from my transfer cohort was like, hey, come to me, come with me. Come to, this, to me. <laughs> come to me. And I was like, yes, my friend, I will. Uh, no, but there was a thing called barbequeer which was real cute. Um, great marketing gimmick. I think my wife actually came up with that idea. Um, maybe not, but whatever. But that was the name of it. It was like a welcome barbecue for the queers. So it was called barbequeer. And she was like, please come. I want a buddy. And I was like, okay, I'll go. So I went and I saw this very peppy woman just greeting everybody. Like you remember, uh, (laughs) you watch Grease? No, I was thinking Reese Witherspoon, though, when she was checking people in on the clipboard. That too. That, that'll okay. work. That'll work. Um, <laughs> but super peppy, like so excited to see everybody and like just very much like trying to recruit, right? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, so many queers and I'm going to be like the welcome thing. And I went, I remember thinking like, she's so peppy. Mm-hmm. 
I don't get it. And I was like, not like, I was like very like quiet. And I just like to lurk in the corners and be like, this is not sounds cool. creepy. Okay. I definitely very creepy in the shadows. Right. I was like pale. I just read books. Um, had, like a trench coat and a black cap. Well, you, were, like, you were like Dan from you. I did, I did wear this uh, black Pico uh, all the oh. time. Uh, yeah, I was very serious. I was like, I'm going to fucking law school. No one's derailing Ew. me, right? Like, You shouldn't have gone to UCLA. I'm just, you could have been like an asshole at NYU. I would have fit right in. Yeah. I would have been like, I'm not part, like, that's stupid. Like, yeah. I have goals, <laughs> right? Okay. And then she, and then I meet my wife, who's like literally a ball of sunshine. Mm-hmm. And it was like, hi, I'm your future wife. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, she's kind of cute. Yeah. And so I literally went to her. She was like a queer student org. I was like, literally the only reason why I went to that student org was because I thought she was cute. And I was like, I got to pursue the, I got to see what happens. Wow. Well, of course you did. And the rest is history. The rest is history. Yeah. It's been 10 plus years. It will hit 13 years this I year. Gonna, I always, I was going to say, like, I know it's like a 12 or a 13 kind of situation. And the worst part is I saw her three separate times and she did not know of my existence oh. for those three times until I went to her dumb meeting and I was the first one to answer her icebreaker. It was a puzzle. And I was like, I got this. Did you right? get it right? Did you get the puzzle of right? Of course. I was the first one. And the thing is, like, that was the only time she... Was it like a trivia? I wanted... What was this puzzle? I will have to ask her after this recording. I forget what it... It was a riddle. It was like some sort of... Yeah. Uh, and we were going around. And they were like... She was like, raise your hand if you have the answer. And I was like, done. I want to know what the riddle is. From third... Does she remember? Well, we'll have to ask her if she remembers. All but. Right. I answered it, and I just remember looking at her in the eyes like, uh-huh. And you're like, got You him. met your match. Got him. <laughs> Sink and hook. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> got him. That's my story. What about you? Um, so my husband and myself are both in uh, black Greek organizations. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I am a Delta, Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated. Delta um, what? Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated. Oh, you have to say the incorporated? We do say incorporated. Every time, really. I mean, you know, you can say it formally. Sometimes you could just say Delta. Sometimes you say DST. So there's only one Delta. No, I mean, there's like Tri-Delt and Ew. Delta Gamma. It sounds like something you work out at the gym. A Tri-Delt? Yeah, that's right. You're right. I yeah. got to work out my Tri-Delts There's today. a sorority Delta, Delta, Delta. There's one like Delta Gamma. Oh, my God. I How many? The, the DG wave or something. I mean, there's only so many Greek letters, right? So you just, like all the orgs just have to reuse what's available to them. How many letters are there? Are there not? I don't know how many. I can tell you them. No, thanks. I'm not that interested. All right. I had to learn it. Um, so, what? yeah. Okay, never mind. Go on. Uh, go on. Anyways, so I am in Delta. He is in a black fraternity. And so basically black Greeks do this thing where it's like a show, basically. And it's actually like a show. And so you basically, somebody's like stepping or performing, whatever the case is. Oh, that it's really fun. hard to explain. Can I go? I don't know, actually. I mean, some of them are they're, they're public, actually. They're like oh, public things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. I mean, usually, like, you only know that they're happening if somebody tells you. Okay. But some, generally, they're public, though. I should say that. Okay. okay. So he was, they were having one on his campus for his fraternity. And I went, and he was there, and. Mm. You saw him? I saw him. Love at first there's sight? There's, like, a very, there's, like, discrepancy in stories. I know. I, he's, <laughs> he's told me. I, I like his version better. <laughs> sure you do but but from your perspective from my he's not here and that's his fault <laughs> okay. for not being a co-host of legally ah. judgy i guess from my perspective um one of my sorority sisters was like oh you should go introduce yourself you know because you, you thought he was cute i don't i actually don't really remember saying oh that. my god stop <laughs> okay. you thought he was cute i did i did think he was cute he i don't remember cute. saying that because i don't i'm not like a thirsty bitch and so 
<laughs> Maybe she saw the sparkle in my eye. I'm not really sure. But so basically, By the way, she was like, saying your future husband is handsome or attractive is not a well, thirsty bitch. Well, now I'm like, yeah, I like him. I like his face. Okay. But like right. back then, I just wouldn't have been like, oh, he's so cute. Is that how you would have said it? No, obviously not. Then that is thirsty. Okay. So anyways, she was like, you should go introduce yourself. So I introduced myself and we like, he was, com- he is whatever he acted cool un- uninterested but who can't be interested in this <laughs> and so he later texted me and you know now we're married and 11 years later did you look at your clock I like it said really it? had to was you like, look down at your clock? i literally looked at the calendar <laughs> we're two years <laughs> apart that's the way i remember it too oh that's okay it helps me <laughs> that's that just there's too many numbers though because we're one year apart in law school one year apart in age Apparently two years apart in relationship. You and I are one. Okay, look at We're going to memorize it right now. You and I as individuals are one year apart. Us as couples are two years apart. One, right, two. Fine, whatever. Done. I'm we'll never forget a birthday or an anniversary. We're good. Okay. Um, When's my anniversary then? I know yours, so go. Shoot. Ours is easy to remember. It's not that it's easy. You're a fucking degenerate. It's 420. 420. 420 is actually just like a random fucking number for most people. You're very passionate. August 6th. No. July 6th? No. Sixth. Completely changed months. You were in the right month before. August. I thought it was August 6th. No, you were close. August 5th. I was so close. You were close. July 1st is your birthday. That's my birthday. That's what the July I really thought it was the 6th. That was the what the, well, that was the original date. No, that was the second original date. Second, (laughs) what was the The original original was June 6th and then it moved to August 6th. And so this was the third original date. Yep. Yep. The yep, fifth. Yep. By two by two rounds of COVID, we were just like any day of the week. It's also kind of like, do you commit to memory like your friends' anniversaries? Is that a thing? No, most of them are my calendar. I mean, I just spend a lot of time with you guys, so it's become like second nature. Well, we're like family now. One of my of other us. best friends, I know hers. Hers is November seventeenth. You have another best friend. Okay. How dare you? You've spent time with said best friend without me, so I don't feel sorry. Which one? You know who you spent time with without me when you went to dinner. I really like them. (laughs) They're very nice. (laughs) I'm just saying. We're going to meet up later. But you're Um, not because I'm going to see her next weekend. So anyways, that is how I met my husband. Love you, Jay. Um, (laughs) All right. Well, with that, we're going to get into some exclusive Patreon content where you get to know a little bit more about us. So if you want to know more of this personal anecdotes, because you know you do, or the banters, come on, join, click on the link. Check out our Patreon. We got a lot of fun stuff going. Yep. Okay. Yep, okay. Yep, yep, yep. So thank you, patrons, for listening to us. Um, folks, this was probably one of my favorite uh, patron-only sections. If you want to hear about uh, our humble beginnings and how we got our careers going, go sign up for our Patreon. Do what? Um, do what? And uh, right after you do that, go tell everybody you know about our podcast because uh, we need you to support us so that we could do this full time. Go sign up for our patrons so you can be a part of all the fun. Please, please go tell everybody. Yep. And uh, as always, thanks for tuning in to today's episode of Legally Judgy. We hope you enjoyed listening to us talk as much as we love the sound of our own voices. If you did, please subscribe, rate, and leave us a review. Also join us on our Patreon for more judgy shits and giggles. Until next time. Bye.